Hi everybody and welcome to our 11th episode. The following subject um, I was asked to cover recently um, as it soon will be the day of Valentine. But before I go into it I want to share this song with you and as usual I'll ask you to ask yourself a question or maybe a couple of questions when it's over. When your legs don't work like they used to before And I can't sweep you off of your feet Will your mouth still remember the taste of my love? Will your eyes still smile from your cheeks? Darling, I will be loving you Baby, my heart could still fall as hard at 23. And I'm thinking about how people fall in love in mysterious ways. Maybe just the touch of a hand. Well, me, I fall. Take 
Okay, so here are your questions. What's the difference between expectations and standards in a romantic relationship? Give yourself a few minutes to answer those. When you hear them, do you think that they're interchangeable? The simple answer to this question is no, they're not. Although they are similar, they are more different than you think. So to give you a, a very short understanding, expectations are strong beliefs that something will happen, whereas standards are a set of guidelines on how we conduct ourselves or behave. Now, if you and your partner's standards and expectations are equal, then your partnership will be based on groundedness, on equal acceptance. However, if they do not balance or are unequal, then you may have a long-term problem. Now, this doesn't mean that, you know, the saying opposites attract is a bad thing. In fact, it can really work. Why? Because their deepest desire through their behaviour is equal and balanced. And therefore their differences are accepted and even enhanced by their partner. Now that I've given you a beginning, the other absolute necessity in a relationship, what do you think it is? I'll give you the answer later on. So here's another question for you. How realistic are your expectations and your standards of your partner? So, okay, any genuine intimate relationship is difficult. Why? Well, because every day we interact with our partner, which can have us reveal who we really are. For example, our fears, our self-doubt, our inconsistencies, our flaws, which all in all are part of being human. But when we're in an intimate relationship, we feel especially vulnerable, especially around these feelings, because we're not quite ready to reveal them. Why? Well, these relationships may remind us of these aspects in ourselves, even though we can hide them in a more kind of everyday relationship, like friends or acquaintances. But because of this closeness, and this closeness can raise our anxiety levels. It can raise the tension. And this can lead to distance. Sometimes we can show this distance by withdrawing away from the relationship. And even at times we can show a lot of anger. Now these challenges grow even higher when we hang on to unrealistic expectations in our most loving relationships. By this happening, it gives rise to sadness, hurt and more anxiety, and even anger. In fact, when we do this, I hang on to unrealistic expectations, we often find that it creates an issue around our commitment to the relationship. Let me give you an example. Okay, so your partner or you have an ongoing resentment because the other is always 20 or 30 minutes late whenever you're going out to a restaurant or attending a wedding or a funeral or or just going out for a drive and yet there is always an expectation that the other person will be on time so what happens 
Well, our logical thinking has become overpowered by our emotion, which fuels our hope and our wish that the other person will be on time. So it's our emotion has the influence and it has influenced in that it causes us to hold on to that unrealistic expectation. Let's take another example. Someone, say Mary, whose partner periodically experiences episodes of depression. Now Mary, who is a very compassionate person, strives to help her partner in the best way that she knows how at that time. However, at the same time, she has an expectation on herself that she should be able to fix her partner. But because that's not possible, she feels powerless, angry, and sometimes inadequate, especially when she feels she hasn't done more to help. She finds it difficult to accept that she has no power in certain areas or in certain ways. Now, in both of these examples, there was a holding on to expectations that might seem very reasonable, but are yet unrealistic. In order to accept the truth of reality or the situation, there has to be an awareness. We have to learn to engage in self-reflection so that we can recognize the influences that inform our expectations that were certainly activated and worked way below our everyday awareness. When we do actually have an enlightenment or enlightenment moment, we may notice ourselves saying, oh, silly me, or of course that makes sense. So again, I would ask you, how realistic are your expectations in your own intimate or romantic relationship? Here are a couple of facts regarding an intimate relationship and ask yourself, how do my own expectations correspond with them? One, differences are to be expected in a loving relationship. You both have a history that gives you your own unique personality. And this means that there will be times that you will see things differently from your own unique perspective. Two, a loving relationship needs to be worked on from the point of view of consideration, communication and commitment so that you both can meet and share all the challenges that arise together. The relationship cannot work if it depends entirely on the energy of the initial love or attraction. Three, both individuals and the relationship will change as time goes by. Well, we all change. Some in one way and others in other ways. We change our priorities, interests, values and at times even our expectations of the relationship. We all have to face change in some form or another and it's necessary to have ongoing communication, nurture and attention or even focus so that it doesn't deaden the relationship. Four, relationships do not provide unconditional love. This is what we all seek in a relationship, a desire that may be forged in childhood or even in infancy, where it was essential for us to learn how to grow and develop. Now it is one thing to expect this in a relationship, 
but it is another to expect it to overlook certain behaviours that actually destroy the relationship. 5. Your partner is not your parent. A loving relationship requires sharing love and respect and care. If we begin to treat our partner as a parent, then you have just put a tremendous strain on your partner and both anger and discord will erupt. No amount of caring from your partner can ever make up for what you did not receive as a child. 6. In a loving relationship, compromise is necessary. The differences that you discover in your relationship must somehow teach you how to compromise. Otherwise, you are working from a place of control and no one likes to be controlled. 7. Mind reading is not possible by your partner. Now there's a thought. Why do we expect our partner to be able to read our minds in some situations, but yet we can be terrified in case they can read it at other times? 8. Your partner may not change just to be what you need them to be or just because you want them to change. You can always ask for change. You can even bribe or entice or plead or reward. But at the end of the day, your partner gets to choose if they want to change. Now, I haven't forgotten that I said I was going to give you the other necessity in a relationship. And I think it might be very clear by those points. Communication absolute communication. You must be able to talk to each other, to discuss, no matter what it is. For many, the celebration of St. Valentine's Day is all about romance of greeting cards, candlelit dinners and the occasional afterglow of holiday lust. Scented bouquets of red roses are ordered from boyfriends, girlfriends, the secret admirers the heart-shaped boxes of chocolates. It seems to resurface about every three months before February and suddenly all the department stores are. They've got oversized teddy bears cascading from display shelves and pink signage and red roses and... Even television programming succumbs to the day of St. Valentine. It runs many, many advertisements, you know, for chocolates and for roses and don't forget this and don't forget that. The problem is, St. Valentine was not materialistic. Let me give you a couple of facts about St. Valentine. Now, St. Valentine um, officially is recognised by the Catholic Church and is known to be a real person who died around oh, somewhere back in 27 AD. Now, however, his true identity was questioned. Oh, back in, you know, 496, who referred to the martyr and his acts as being known only to God. Now, one account from the 1400s describes Valentine as a temple priest who was beheaded near Rome by the Empress Claudius II for helping Christian couples to wed. Now, a different account claims that Valentine was the Bishop of Tenny, also martyred by Claudius II on the outskirts of Rome. 
Because of the similarities of these accounts, it's thought they may refer to the same person. Enough confusion surrounds the true identity of St. Valentine that the Catholic Church discontinued liturgical veneration of him in 1969, though his name remains on the list of officially recognised saints. Overall, there's about a dozen St. Valentines, plus a Pope. The saint we celebrate on St. Valentine's Day is officially known as St. Valentine of Rome, in order to differentiate him from the dozen or so other Valentines on the list. So, Valentinus, it comes from the Latin word meaning worthy or strong or powerful. Valentine is the patron saint of beekeepers and epilepsy, among many other things. People often call on him to watch over the lives of lovers. And of course, inventions regarding beekeeping and epilepsy, as well as the plague, fainting and travelling. As you might expect, he is also the patron saint of engaged couples and happy marriages. Well, saints are certainly expected to keep busy in the afterlife. The skull of St. Valentine is on display in the Basilica of Santa Maria in Cosmedon in Rome. The excavation of the catacomb near Rome yielded the skeleton remains of other relics now associated with St. Valentine. And as it is customary, these bits and pieces of the late saint's body have subsequently been distributed to places around the world. You will also find other bits of St. Valentine, or of his skeleton, on display in the Czech Republic, in Ireland, in Scotland, England and France. The English poet Godfrey Chaucer may actually have invented what we now know to be St. Valentine's Day. In his work Parliament of Fowls, he links a tradition of courtly love with the celebration of St. Valentine's feast day, and in an association that didn't actually exist until after this poem received widespread attention. The poem refers to February the 14th as the day birds come together to find a mate. And of course he was one to always took take liberties with history he wrote for this was sent on saint valentine's day when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate he may have actually invented the holiday we now know today now don't make any mistake the celebration of love is saint valentine's day and it's a very important day the fact that it's a special day of celebration for love. This really should happen every day. Through our expressions of love, simple acts of kindness, the daily respect you show to your partner. Those little actions of love and the way you treat one another, the way you should respect one another, that is the celebration of love. Now, here are several... Um, I'll give you seven assumptions that should never be made on St. Valentine's Day. Do not assume that a dozen roses can make up for a year of neglectful love. Do not assume that bringing your partner out for a beautiful night out in a fancy hotel will make up for a year of missed dinners because of work commitments. Do not assume that material gifts should be more important than receiving the gift of your time. Do not assume 
that the gift of diamonds, gold or other material things should be more important than giving your partner a little letter to say how much you love them. Do not assume that a card bought in the local shop has more meaning than maybe the one you might create yourself. Do not assume that listening to a wonderful love song on the radio or a CD would have more meaning to the one you love you actually singing a love song to them on the day, whether you can sing or not. Do not assume that there is anything in the world that matters more to the one you love than your undying expressions of love for them. You see, little things matter in love and in marriage. Never underestimate the power and importance of simple acts of kindness, simple expressions of love and the value of the gift of your personal time and yourself. Because in the end, we should never assume anything in our relationship. Your actions speak much louder than your wallet. Stay safe. Stay well. Namaste.